Testament book of Jeremiah, the prophet of Jeremiah, in chapter number 3, if you would. Jeremiah chapter number 3. And I want to share a few things with you tonight from the Scripture and talk to you a little bit about the showers of God's blessings and where are those showers tonight. We've been experiencing a little bit of that here, but I believe God wants to do so many more, so much more, greater things for His people and for His church. So in Jeremiah, the third chapter, the third chapter, beginning with verse number 1, Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse number 1, Jeremiah says this, They say if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, May she return, may he return to her again. Would not that land be greatly polluted? But you, speaking to the people of Israel, you have played the harlot with many lovers, yet return to me, says the Lord. He's talking about them, the people of God, the people of Israel, how that they had committed spiritual adultery. The harlotry with many lovers is the idols that they were worshiping. They had forsaken the Lord and turned their back on God and were worshiping idols instead of God. Verse number 2, he says, Lift up your eyes to the desolate heights and see where have you not lain with men by the road. You have set for them like an Arabian in the wilderness, and you have polluted the land with your harlotries and with your wickedness. How many knows tonight that our land, this land of ours that we live in, has been polluted with wickedness, with ungodliness, and with wickedness. I think we would all agree with that today. Look at verse 3, and then the, the Lord said this to the people, and this is my text tonight. He said, therefore, because of what he had just told them that they had done, because of their harlotries and their forsaking of the Lord, He said, therefore, the showers have been withheld, and there has been no latter rain. Hello. There we go. (laughs) Therefore, the showers have been withheld, and there is no latter rain. And I want to just for a few moments share with you why are the showers withheld. Father, thank you for your presence here tonight, for the Holy Spirit in this service. God, I pray that you will help me to deliver the Word of God to your people tonight. Stir our hearts concerning revival tonight, Lord, and the showers of your blessing upon this church and upon this community and upon our nation. We need, Lord, like we've never needed before, we need a great move of God, a spiritual awakening. We need the showers of your blessings upon our churches, upon our nation, upon our lives. And we ask you for that. Help me tonight to deliver your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. I want to talk to you about the showers of God's blessing upon his church and how that this text applies to the latter rain of 
revival and the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon God's people. And I think that I would hope that we would all be in agreement tonight that we need, we need, the church needs, this nation needs, the world needs a revival. We need a move of God today. We need the showers of God's blessing and the showers of revival upon the church And the early and the latter rain, when you look in the Word of God, and the Bible has a lot in the Old Testament especially to say about, that that speaks about the early and the latter rain. But the early rain and the latter rain symbolize God's blessing and favor upon His people when God was was, um, um, favorable to Israel, when He was pleased with them. There was two rainy seasons. There was the early rain that would come, and there was the latter rain that would bring forth the crops. And uh, they were symbols of God's favor and of God's blessing upon his people. And since they were signs of his favor and blessing, when when they displeased the Lord, when they did things that were not pleasing to him and he couldn't call them back to him, what God would do would be he would withhold the rain. There are many times in Israel that there were dry seasons and there were drought because God withheld the rain from them and he had told them. Even in the book of Deuteronomy under Moses, when, they, when Moses was, um, was giving the law, he told them, if you, as long as you will live for me and serve me, the Lord said, he said, I will give you the rain in the season. I'll bless your crops. I'll bless you coming in. I'll bless you going out if you'll obey me. But if you don't, then the rain will not come. I'll shut up the heavens over you, and your heavens will be brass, and the earth beneath you will, be, will just be dust. Well, I'm concerned more with this application or the application of this text to the latter reign of God's Spirit and revival upon the people, upon God's people. And why have the showers been withheld? We sing that old song. We used to sing an old song, There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again. There shall be seasons refreshing, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops around us are falling, but for the showers we plead. We used to sing that song, you know, in our churches, and uh, we always would put it in the future tense, tense that there shall be showers of blessings. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something tonight. We're living in a day we need those showers of blessings tonight. We need them now. I've had mercy drops, and we've had mercy drops falling around us, and we've had, you know, a a little blessing here and a little blessing there and a little move of God here and there. But I believe it's time in the day that we're living in today that we experience an outpouring of God's Spirit like we have never experienced before. We need the refreshing of the rain of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us right now. We need it now. Can I? 
Get an amen. Charles Finney, Charles G. Finney, in the days before he was saved, he was asked by the local church if they wanted that, that if he wanted them to pray for him, would you, would, uh, would you like for us to pray for you? And Finney said, no. He said he didn't see that it would do any good for the church to pray for him. He said they'd been praying for revival for years and had never got that, so he, he didn't feel like there was it necessary for them to pray for him him. And uh, we must ask that question tonight, I believe, where is the revival of which we sing and of which we pray? There is so much dry ground. There's a lot of parched ground. And we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the reign of the Holy Ghost today. And so we must ask the question tonight, if there is no latter rain, if there are no showers of blessings, why is is that the case? Why have the showers been withheld? Is God holding back the rain of his Holy Spirit and not pouring it out? And I'm not saying that the Spirit of God isn't here, and I really don't believe that this is a dead, dry, formal church. I don't believe that. We have some life here, thank God. I wouldn't be around if it was dead and dry and formal, but I'm telling you, we still could use the refreshings of the Holy Spirit in our churches and in our lives and among our people today. We need the rain. And I believe that there is an, uh, in the spiritual realm that God has promised an early rain and a latter rain. I was, and I'm, you know, I'm not talking about some, some silly doctrine or anything like that, but I was just reading in Joel the other day where the Lord had promised them the early and the latter rain to be poured out upon them. And right after he promised the early and the latter rain, he said, it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. We're living in those days, folks, when the Lord wants to pour out of his spirit upon his church and upon his people. And I don't know about anybody else, but you're, listen, you're looking at a, at a preacher here before you tonight. You're looking at a pastor here tonight that is thirsty for God and thirsty for a revival and thirsty for for a move of God to take place in this church and in this community, in this entire mineral area. We need the showers of God's blessing. We need that rain to fall upon us and to saturate us, the rain of the Holy Spirit. God said, I will come unto you as the rain. I will come unto you as the farmer and the latter rain in the first month. And we need it today if we've ever needed it before. We need a whole Holy Ghost revival, Lord, that will change our churches, that will change our lives, that will bring our families in and get our families saved, that will transform this community. Come on, amen. I'm talking about a revival that will impact Farmington, that will impact St. Francis County, that will impact this entire mineral area. I'm not talking just about a mercy drop here or there, but I'm talking about a move of God and outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need the showers. We need the showers of God's blessing today. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen tonight if you agree with that. Amen. 
Where are the showers that we sing about and pray for? We just sing. They, they didn't know what I was planning on ministering on tonight. The worship team didn't. And, and they, they, they sang that song, you know, open up the sky, fall down like rain. Hallelujah. We don't want blessings. We want you. That has got to be our cry tonight, our prayer, and our desire. But why are the showers being withheld? Where is the revival that we sing about and that we desire tonight? Well, I believe that one reason, one reason why the showers have been withheld is simply because of a, a, of a lack of expectation in people's hearts and lives for revival. I think we're living in a time when people have given up. A lot of even a lot of Pentecostal people have given up on the idea or the fact that God can give revival in the day in which we're living in. There seems to be very little expectation of revival. When we advertise we're having an evangelist to come in and we advertise we're going to have a few nights revival and people I know you know maybe not say it uh, uh, verbalize it but they say oh here we go we got another revival coming up well you know we 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 two or three nights of revival and, and uh, think, well, we'll do that and it'll be over with. But there needs to be an, expect, an expectation of a move of God among the people of God today. There are so many that use the argument that in the day which we live that revival is not possible because we're in the last days and we're in a time of the great falling away. How I many's heard that? Amen. And the, the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3, he did say that in the last days uh, before the, the rise of the Antichrist, that that day couldn't come except there be a falling away first. We are in a Laodicean church age, I believe for the most part, much, not all, now listen, hear me tonight, much of the church world is in a place of lukewarmness and I with a lackadaisical attitude and a complacency and really don't don't care. They just, you know, they're putting in their time on Sunday morning, you know, and, and saying, well, you know, I'll just I'll go on Sunday morning and, and put in my hour and a half or whatever, and then I'll wait and go back on the next Sunday. They're not really too expectant of a move of God, and so many today have got in that place. Yes, we're in that Laodicean period, but I'm going to tell you, I mean, every church, every church, can backslide if they want to, but that doesn't mean that this church has to backslide. That doesn't mean that this church has to be lukewarm. That doesn't mean that this church can't have a move of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. We've got to have an expectancy that even in the midst of apostasy, even in the midst of a cold, indifferent, lukewarm, uh, uh, lukewarm uh, generation, that God can have a church that is on fire and full of the Holy Ghost and full of the power of God. And I believe that Abundant Life Family Church can be that church today. We're not the only one, but thank God we can be a part of that remnant church that God has for these last days that he wants to move and pour his spirit out in. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
Amen. I believe that tonight. People conclude that there is no possibility for a spiritual awakening. They've already determined that because we're in that Laodicean period, that there can be no revival. I've had people tell me that. The days of revival are over. I've, heard, I've had people say that. Well, the days of revival are over. God isn't giving revivals anymore. And I will say this. A lot of churches have quit having revivals. They don't have them anymore. They let the evangelists just sit on the sideline. And I'm going to tell you, that fivefold ministry is still intact within the church today. The apostle, prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, those five ministry gifts are still in the church today. Amen. And the, the office of the evangelist, that's why we have evangelists come in. I, I'm going to keep the, the best of my ability to keep that office of the evangelist alive and well here at Abundant Life Family Church. We need all of those ministry gifts to survive in these last days. So even though we're in a Laodicean type of atmosphere today, we, we can still have a move of God and have revival. So many have bought in to the lie of the enemy that the days of revival have ended, but that is not true. Amen. Hallelujah, I was talking to a, an elderly Assembly of God preacher some years ago. He has since went on to be with the Lord. I had the utmost, and still do, have the utmost respect for this, this gentleman. And uh, he had been in revivals and saw God move in so many ways and in his day. And I was talking to him a few years ago. We were talking about this very thing, about the revivals of old and uh, what God did in the past. And I made the statement to him, and I said, you know, I know God wants to pour his spirit out on his church today. And what he answered me back literally shocked me. This gentleman said to me, he said, you know what? He said, I don't really know if he does or not. He had given up on the fact that there could be a revival in these last days. And even though I respect this aged man of God and still do, I, I st but I do not agree with that statement because I still believe that God wants to pour his spirit out afresh upon his church. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you'll agree with me tonight that we're living in dark days, we're living in dark times, and yes, it is a time of a falling away. It is a time of apostasy. It is a time of lukewarmness in, this, in the church and in the world. Our nation is sinking tonight in paganism and socialism, communism and atheism, and the perilous times of the last days are here. But I'm here to tell you that God is still God and he still is the great I am and he still has a remnant and there are still some churches and some prayer groups and some Christians that are still praying for revival and believe in God for a move of God. We've got a prayer group here that meets twice a week and one of the top things on our list every time we get together is we're praying for an outpouring of the Spirit of God and for a revival that will transform this church and this community and this nation. Come on somebody. The only hope the only hope for America is a move of God. 
Amen? That's why the devil's working so hard to shut down the church. That's why he tried to shut down the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's still working to try to shut us down. That's what's behind the Equality Act and everything else that's going on right now is to get the church shut down. But I'm going to tell you tonight, God's going to have a church until the trump of God sounds, until the rapture takes place. Brother Wade, God's going to have a church. And God's going to have a whole Holy Ghost Church, and God's going to have a fired-up church, and God's going to have a spirit-filled church, and God's going to have a revived church, and you and I have got to get to the place where we become expectant of a move of Almighty God in these last days. Amen? I was tired when I got here, but that, that Graves to Garden song did something to me. Praise God. Amen? Woo! If we experience the showers of the Holy Ghost, we're going to have to expect and believe God for that rain. Listen, when the heavens seem brass, don't quit. Don't give up. I refuse to buy into that philosophy that God's done with the church. I refuse that. Amen. I believe we can still have the life of God and the power of God, and I'm believing for that. Someone said this, and I believe this, expectation. Expectation is the birthplace for the miraculous. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, I feel that tonight. Expectation is the birthplace for the miraculous. And unless you expect something to happen, folks, it ain't going to happen. We've got to have that expectation. An Abundant Life Family Church, listen to me tonight. We have got to desire and expect God to open up the heavens, to send the showers of His blessings. We've got to believe that He wants to. We've got to expect Him to do it. I think about that lame man that laid there at the temple gate, of the gate beautiful, and uh, never had walked when Peter and John came by that day, and they were passing him by. He held up his little he held up his little basket and said, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And old Apostle Peter looked at him and he said, man, he said, silver and gold, I, I don't have any. He went through his pockets. He didn't have any spare change or nothing. He said, I don't have any silver and I don't have any money to give you. But he said, I do have something. Come on, somebody. See, I swear the church needs to get to today. We're focused too much on the silver and gold but we need to focus on the power of God. We need the power of God today. He said, I don't have any money to give you, but I got something. He said, and such as I have, give I to thee. And the Bible said that that man looked at Peter and John expecting to receive something from them. Oh, he stirred the expectation on the inside of him and he expected to get a dollar or a quarter but I'm telling you he got more than he expected because Peter reached down and grabbed him by the hand and lifted him up and said in the name of Jesus rise up and walk hallelujah and he got up and he ran and he leaped and he praised God oh we've got to have an expectation for the showers of blessing to fall all upon us again.
I'm going to have to quit now. I'm wore out. <laughs> oh, I tell you, on Mondays, I'm not, I'm not worth a plug nickel on Mondays, let me tell you. Amen? So why have the showers been withheld? I believe that it's, number one, a lack of expectation among the people. We've got to begin to believe that God wants to send revival and to begin to expect him to send revival. Amen? I'm going I'm to just touch on a couple of more things here, and we'll, we'll close. But there's also this. I think another reason why that the showers are withheld is because of the fact that there is, there is a, there's no understanding among church folks today of the causes and the conditions of revival and how revival can be brought about. Amen? Let me say that again. There's no understanding among the church on the causes of revival, the conditions of revival, and how revivals are brought about. So many of us think that revivals just happen like thunderstorms. But can I tell you that thunderstorms don't just happen, they have causes. There has to be certain conditions in the atmosphere that, that, are, that come together before there can be a thunderstorm. Certain conditions must occur before rain falls. And without the right conditions, what, is, what are the results of that? If those right conditions are not met, then we experience a drought. And I think that's what, what is wrong within the church world today, is we have not understood the causes of revival. We've not met the conditions for God pouring His Spirit out. Yes, revival is a sovereign act of God and God has promised to pour out on his, of His Spirit and blessings but it's as you and I meet the conditions. Let me tell you something. There's been some great revivals in the past. I told you that I'm the product. I'm the product of a revival of, a, of an eight-week revival at First Assembly of God in Cape Girard because from that revival my family was saved my mom my dad my aunts my uncles amen and uh, 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 praise God Shelly's grandpa was a deacon in that church amen and there was uh, just a mighty move of God that, that took place there and there were scores of people saved and so because of that revival I'm standing here today because my family my parents my grandparents got saved in a revival if there hadn't have been that revival I don't know if we'd be here tonight or not. Thank God for revival. Amen. And there's been some great moves of God in the past. But God, I'm telling you, God has not changed the price that's on Holy Ghost revival. And he has not put his blessing on bargain counters at a reduced rate. There are no red tag sales tonight on revival meetings. If we're going to have old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival, then we're going to have to meet the old-fashioned Holy Ghost price for God to open the windows of heaven and pour out of his spirit upon his church in these last days. Amen. I better move this. I'm going to step in that. <laughs> Amen. There has to be the conditions met. There must be a confession of sin. 
the church getting right with God and forsaking any known sin in our lives. We need to get, make sure that our lives are right with God and that we're right with one another. Amen? Those are the conditions that God can move in. We're very well, uh, we're all very familiar with 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. But let me read 13 and 14 together from 2 Chronicles 7. And here's what God says. He said, when I shut up the heaven, verse 13, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. What did he say? If there is no rain, when I've shut the heavens up and you're going through a dry spell and a dry time and there is no rain what are you supposed to do he said then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land church there's some fallow ground that must be broken up there must be a time of us as believers and of the church examining our hearts and letting the Holy Spirit search us we must have a time of, of seeking the Lord and confessing and turning from any known sin amen we've got to meet those conditions I'm here to tell you tonight hallelujah church that God's alarm clock is going off he's given this earth a wake up call and there it's time that we need to call upon him. We must have a move of God in these last days. Give us the showers of your blessings upon our life. Give him a praise. Amen. Oh, yes. A confession of sin. Oh, God. I'm not going to spend long on this one because we already know this, but none of us do it. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is a condition for God's showers. If we want to see revival, we need some intercessors today that will begin to cry out. And we'll begin to pray. Lord, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in thee. In Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1, here's, here's a prayer request that God gives. We're always taking prayer requests, but here's something that the Lord said to ask for. In Zechariah 10 and 1, he said, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds, and he will give Give them showers of rain. I'm telling you what, if we will ask him for rain. He said when to do that? In the time. Listen, it's the time of the latter rain. We need a last day outpouring. We need God to get his church ready and bring souls in to the harvest. Amen. Into the family of God. And we've got to have the rain of the Holy Ghost. So what's the church to do? We need to begin to ask him. We need to begin to plead with him we need to begin to call upon him and say Lord send the rain give us the rain we need some Elijah's that'll get down on Mount Carmel and say oh God send the rain and when the servant comes back and says there's nothing we tell
tell him, go again. Pray one more prayer. Pray one more time. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting satisfied. I'm not going to be satisfied till the showers of his blessings are poured out upon his church in these last days. Amen. Whew. Every Sunday I get all my circles on my watch. I'll go home tonight, man, that thing will all be on there saying, you got it. Monday through, never mind. There must be a thirst and a desire within the church for the rain to come. Isaiah 44 and 3 says this. And the promise of God, and I believe this is a revival promise. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon your offspring. See, God sends his blessing where it is needed and where it's desired. And there's plenty of dry ground. We just need some thirsty people. We need some thirsty souls. I believe I'm looking on this Sunday night. And, and a good, good, good turnout, good crowd for a Sunday night in the day we're living in. But I believe I'm looking at some thirsty people tonight that want revival, that want the, the showers to be poured out. Lord, don't withhold the rain from your people, but pour out your blessing. And I'm going to close with this. I believe... We could go on. A lack of unity within the body of Christ can cause the showers to be withheld. But I believe also we've got to a place within the Pentecostal ranks that there maybe are no showers because so many have developed a prejudice against emotion. A prejudice against emotion. Because churches are satisfied with being quiet and relaxed, and calm, and reserved. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let me tell you something. You know me. I've tried, listen, I've tried, I've tried hard to stand here real still and be real calm. But I'll tell you one thing. Maybe it's just my personality, but it just ain't in me. Amen. I get a little bit emotional when I get to talking about the things of God. And so many within the Pentecost church have lost their joy and so many within the full gospel ranks don't like shouting or exuberant praise I think a lot of our, our, our folks today within Pentecost have got so refined and so reserved that they're kind of like the Pharisees when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem on his triumphant entry and all the people were standing around and they were waving the palm branches and they were shouting Hosanna to the son of David there was great excitement going on they were praising the Lord. They were shouting. They were praising. They were making some noise. And that religious bunch, those religious leaders, those Pharisees got all upset. And they said to Jesus, Master, rebuke your disciples. All this excitement grates on our sensitive, sedate, refined, super ultra codfishy nerves. We just can't stand all that shouting and all that praising. We want things done decently and in order. And I want to tell you something tonight, Abundant Life. The devil don't have the 
monopoly on enthusiasm. The devil's crowd don't have the monopoly on joy. We are to be have the joy of the Lord. And if I want to leap for joy and shout for joy and dance for joy and run around this church and praise God, I'm going to do it and it will be decent and it will be in order. We need to get the joy of the Lord back in our life. Amen. There ain't nothing wrong with shout. Bible's full of it. Amen. That lame man was talking about a while ago when he got healed, he went walking and leaping and praising God and shouting into the temple. Woo, hallelujah. But we've got to a place. See, when the worship team come on back, I got to close. I get them up here singing, I'll hush. The world don't have or shouldn't have the monopoly on enthusiasm. See, you you, you take a lot of folks within the church today and catch them at a ball game. Man, they'll shout their hair down. And shout their, scream their tongue out. Ah! You, you, you get them in a Pentecostal church service, they're as stiff as a poker and cold as a dog's nose. Well, that ain't the way it should be. The Lord wants us to be happy. He wants us to clap. He said, Clap your hands, all you people, and shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Isn't that what he said? I'm not, for, I'm not just for, you know, sensationalism or, or emotionalism. But I do believe, I do believe that the Lord, the Lord's people are to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. And if we can't come to church and exhibit some joy and some praise and some, some happiness... Amen. If we're content with being, with being somber and melancholy, the Lord, he's going to leave us alone. But I'm going to tell you what. If we want the blessings of God, we're going to have to not have a prejudice against emotion. If somebody shouts, let them shout. Boy, that got quiet all of a sudden. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise him and dance. When Philip went down to Samaria, preached Christ to the people there, had a great revival in Samaria, the whole city of Samaria accepted, received the word. That city of Samaria he went to received the word of God and were saved and baptized, born again. And the Bible said that there was sick people healed and the lame healed miracles were performed the gifts of the spirit were in operation and Philip was if I'm not mistaken an evangelist and the Bible said that in that revival there was great joy in the city we need some great joy today see a while ago when they're singing and all of a sudden, the joy of the Holy Ghost hit some folks. And they is up here, man, praising the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Spontaneous praise and worship to the Lord. Everything's not supposed to be in a Pentecostal church. It's not supposed to be cut and dried. 
We follow our program too close sometimes. And we need to just let the Holy Spirit have his way. Great joy in the city of Samaria. I tell you, when people start getting saved and getting baptized and getting healed, the showers of blessings are falling. And great joy will come to any church that has that move of the Holy Ghost. And I pray, not I pray for our church, but I don't pray, just pray for abundant life. I pray for every church. Brother Wade, in this mineral area, I pray for every church. God, for every pastor in every church that are thirsty and want the move of God, Lord, pour your spirit out upon that church. Doesn't make me any difference if they're Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or what they are. God said in the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh as long as they're wanting and thirsty for the move of God. Lord, pour the Holy Ghost out upon your people that are thirsty for you. Oh, I believe God is going to do some great things in these last days. I really do. I really do. He's preparing his church for the rapture. He's getting us ready. So let's meet the conditions that he'll open up the heavens, send the showers of his blessings. Stand with me tonight.